What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Gate 4 Podcast. I'm Luke Owens. He's Corey Austin. Thanks for hanging out with us here. It's a Wednesday night when we're recording. The Yankees currently lead the Baltimore Orioles 3-0 on three runs in the first inning. And, you know, a three-run lead. I don't want to jinx anything, Corey, because we can get ourselves into trouble here because we'll finish recording well before the game is over. But 3-0 lead, Derek Cole on the mound. It feels like it looks – there's a good chance the Yankees – will extend their winning streak oh yeah it, it, it's looking good again we don't want to jinx it you and i are very good at jinxing things we want to see it as glaber just grounds out the second or shortstop excuse me right there but de- definitely looking like a good good game so far and let's hope it stays that way and really the, the biggest story of this series was last night when the yankees win uh five to four and they were powered by aaron judge two home runs Oof. had a fantastic play in center field as well and then the first, uh, his first at bat, uh, hit a double, was thrown out going to third. But that ball would have been a home run every other major league stadium. But for some reason, Baltimore decided they were going to make a really weird change to their stadium. They pushed the wall back. They made a weird kind of corner situation. So ends up just being a double for Judge the first time. But it's hard to put into words how great Aaron Judge is. But I mean, he he took a bet on himself, and we talked about it last week. How. It's going to be a, a crazy offseason, but it's almost hard to enjoy the ride knowing what's coming at the end, but I am enjoying the ride, man. Yeah, this is this has easily been the most fun season we've had so far as Yankee fans since 2017, and similar again, it's because of Aaron Judge, and as it's great and it's bad because every, every home run Aaron Judge hits, his price tag goes up by another million dollars. And as much as we want the Yankees to pay him, the Yankees can't give him $350 million because that wouldn't be smart. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's bittersweet watching him kill it. But if he wins a World Series this year, I don't care what happens with his contract. Yeah, it's, it's insane what he's doing. And we talked about it earlier. Super kind of interesting judge note is that he's striking out less than he, than he usually does in his career. Although last year he was at 25%. This year he's at 265 But before that, he was usually around, you know, 30%. Um, so he's striking out less, but he's also walking less. So he's putting the ball in play a lot more, which is kind of interesting for Judge. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, you know, takes his walks, but maybe he sees the way that he gets he gets umped behind the plate. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to get into these, you know, 3-2 counts where I'm going to get called out for a pitch below my knees. Maybe he's kind of starting to, to take control of his own strike zone, realizing that, you know, the umping's not going to change. So maybe I need to, to make sure I'm putting the ball in play and putting my team in a position to win. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, we were talking about it earlier, and the first thing I mentioned was it seems like any pitch anywhere from Aaron Judge's shin and above is going to get called a strike these days. So, like you said, it's probably all that is. He's probably saying, I'm not letting the umpires make the decision for me. I'm just putting the ball in play and seeing what happens. And if you're consistently hitting the ball at 100 miles an hour, good things are going to happen when you put the ball in play. Yeah, his numbers are ridiculous right now. He's got a 213 WRC plus, which is absolutely (laughs) insane. Uh, 2.6 war on fan graphs. He's been incredible, and he's just so fun to watch. I mean, it's become one of those things where, like, I, you know, the lineup gets put out, and he had the off day Monday, which I'm fine. I know people get mad about, but, like, it's the Orioles. Like, get him a day here rather than, you know, when we're playing the Rays or, you know, the Blue Jays or something like that, you know. They're going to need days, especially in the stretch of games they're playing. But when you see his name in the lineup, it's like, man, I'm so excited to watch this guy play tonight. And last night was one of those nights where 
every at bat you're locked in and it just seems like he's he's seeing the ball so well he's hitting the ball so well and that's what makes this team fun I mean he's the heart and soul of this team like when Aaron Judge is on it feels like everything else falls into place around him like I don't know it's like it's the reason why I'm like make this guy the captain you know after hopefully the deal gets done because it really feels like the rest of the team kind of lifts their game up when when big 99 is playing well absolutely he's the heart and soul he runs everything and I know people. I know we have the old heads who are like, "No, you can't give him captain until he's won three World Series rings." Players don't do that anymore. Aaron Judge, if there, if Aaron Judge isn't worthy of being a Yankee captain, nobody ever will be. He doesn't cause any problems. He comes in, he does his job, and he goes home. No, like that is the perfect captain. And like you said, the team seems to play better when he's playing better, and that's what we need. And I would love to see Aaron Judge sign a huge extension and get captain this offseason. And going back to what you said about the day off, I want to point out right now the Yankees of all their starters only have two, three players with the WRC plus below 100, and that is IKF, Hicks, and Gallo. And the, the lowest one is Gallo at 93. So if Aaron Judge takes a day off, good. It's fine. He doesn't need to play every game. That's the one thing I don't understand. You want him to stay healthy, but you want him to play 162 games in center fields. Very interesting a dilemma there, but if he gets an off day against the Orioles on a random Monday, it's just going to help him stay healthy throughout the entire season. Yeah, and I know the the Yankees plan. You know, when they a couple of years ago they kind of didn't overhaul the training staff, and, and Brian Cashman said it's going to take a couple of years for our plan to really go into effect. And I wonder if this year is kind of the year where everything's clicking, where you know the off days are are finally making an impact in the the off season programs. You know, a lot of yoga, a lot of stretching, things like that, because. The only injury the Yankees have had this year has been Tim LaCastro, who, you know, he's a valuable piece off the bench running the bases and he can play some defense. But, I mean, all their big bats have stayed healthy. And I wonder if that's because, you know, this plan is is kind of finally falling into place. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when the reports came out about Judge and Stanton, you know, doing yoga, not lifting, like still lifting weights, but not solely focusing on building the muscle. And it's starting to pay off. Like you said, it's been phenomenal to see judge is healthy. Stanton's healthy. And again, I'm going to, you know, knock on wood just to make sure that stays that way. Donaldson has been healthy. Rizzo staying healthy. Glaber staying healthy. LeMayhew's healthy. That's the big thing for the Yankees this year. They're finally all healthy at one time. And like you said, it's probably just the game plan finally coming to fruition. And I hope it stays this way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. We're going to have to knock on wood every week, but I mean, all, when all systems are a go, and I really think, you know, Stanton playing the outfield has, has helped him kind of, you know, it, it's weird. Like like he says, you know, it helps him stay in the game. And I also think, you know, when you're sitting on the on the bench all game, that's got to mm-hmm. affect you in some ways. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're cold and then it's like, all right, go up, hit, run the bases, all right, sit down again. Like it's got to mm-hmm. help him to be kind of constantly moving and staying stretched out and things like that because – when Judge and Stanton are healthy, I mean, we know the numbers. When they both homer, when they're both playing well, the Yankees don't lose, and that's how it's been mm. this year. Absolutely, yeah. It's got to help them, you know, being able to run in the outfield and move and staying warm and getting loose. It definitely helps, like you said. Hitting, sitting down for three innings, hitting, sitting down for two innings, hitting, sitting down for three innings. It can't be great for him. He's getting hot, getting cold, getting hot. And he, since he's come to the Yankees and been DHing is when he's really had the injury problems. In Miami, yeah. he was getting hit by pitches. He was hurting. like It was all fluke injuries. But ever since then, ever since he got to the Yankees, he's been having the injury problems. So hopefully this – and also it seems to help his back get better. So let's hope it stays this way. And Aaron Judge, by the way, right now third in WRC Plus and also third in war. And 
We talked about it earlier, Corey. The one guy that you're like, what the heck? Taylor Ward currently leading right. the MLB <laughs> with a 253 WRC plus, which is 20 points higher than his teammate Mike Trout, who is second. I would also like to point out that from 2001 to 2002, Barry Bonds, when the year he hit 70, uh, 73 home runs and the year after, he had a combined 239 WRC plus those two years. So right now, yeah. Tyler Ward is hitting 13% better than Barry Bonds did. And the fact that that sentence actually just came out of my mouth kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's early, but like, man, that's yeah. that, that's that's crazy. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's hitting, he's also in 376. Uh, I mean, his, his BABIP is 439, which yeah, is that's... obviously not going to stay like that all year. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but if I had to venture a guess, that would I'm going to put that in the top 10 BABIPs of the 2000s, like this millennia. So I'm, I'm going to say that that's an extremely high BABIP that will absolutely not be staying. Yeah, no, it's 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 way, way up there. But yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, back to the actually, uh, the Yankees and the Angels play at the end of this month. I'm excited for that. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be a fun series. Yeah, I mean, I remember last, remember last year, Otani couldn't even get out of the first inning against the Yankees, uh, uh in the stadium. Such a fun start. That was such a fun yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyways, moving on from from Judge and and the, the good things, really, the only negative thing I have about this team right now is something that's kind of been in the air for the past few years, and that's a role as Chapman. And, I've heard a lot of discourse on the on the Aroldis Chapman situation because it's like, well, you know, when you look at his numbers, you know, he's not terrible. He's got a 263 ERA and a zero ERA for a while. But there comes a point with me where it's like 15 walks in 13 and two-thirds innings is not going to cut it, especially when this is a team that we, we see it out the gate and we know the history. This team should make the playoffs. And if you're in a playoff game, you're in a do-or-die I just cannot put a role of Chapman into a game and feel comfortable with it if I'm Aaron Boone. They tried to get him right with a five-run lead the other night. He left up a home run. Then last night, up by two runs. He nearly blew that game as well. And I just don't get it. With all these good arms you have in the bullpen, you know, does a closer really need to be a set spot? Like, can it be Clay Holmes one night and then Chad Green another night? And maybe you mix in Miguel Castro as well because this bullpen is so good. Like, if this was the Phillies' bullpen, I would say, of course, Chapman's going to close you don't have that many options but with this many options Corey I don't know for me and and maybe I'm I'm in the you know the opposite opinion of, of a lot of people but I think I'm speaking for a lot of Yankees fans I just I don't get having Chapman primarily be the like the only closing option yeah I'm with you I think Chapman is one of the best relief pitchers of our generation there's no doubt about it he had he was a, really the first player to come up and just chuck 100 mile an hour He's phenomenal. But at this age, at 34, with a declining fastball velocity and the loss of control, I just don't trust him. You pointed out the 263 RA. That also comes with a 382 FIP and a 447 XFIP. So he has not been nearly as good as his ERA says. And like you said, it probably stems from the 15 walk percentage. So I, I'm with you. I think the Yankees need to move to a closer by committee. I do not want Michael King or Clay Holmes in that role. I will say that. Mostly because those two are, it's the same type, it's the same issue as the Dylan Betances problem when Dylan Betances was just mowing down every person who stepped in the batter's box. Those two are so good at putting out fires that putting them in the closer role will actually hurt the team, even if they go perfect for saves. So, who is your, 
who should be on that list of guys to to be in the closer role potentially? Uh, I don't know. I'm, Yankees might need to make a trade for an arm. I know nobody else will ever agree with me, but I think Chad Green could fit that role. I don't know, and I don't know a single person will ever agree with me. But I also love Chad Green more than anybody else. Well, I, my whole thing was like, I'm not saying Holmes and King need to be like, okay, you're the closer. I'm saying. Hmm. Use them in those high leverage spots. Use them, like you said, you know, first and second, nobody out in the sixth, you put in Holmes. But then, you know, maybe Chapman pitches the seventh, maybe Green pitches the eighth. And it's like, oh, we still have Michael King. Let's have him pitch the ninth, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it can be a rotating thing. But I guess the question would be, you know, can Chapman go out of that role and still be successful? Like, from a mental standpoint, can you tell Chapman, look, we're going to pitch you whenever. We're going to pitch you in the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, wherever we see fit. Like, will he be able to, like, adjust himself to do that? It's going to be interesting to see. I remember a couple of years ago that happened. I don't remember what season, but I remember one season where Roldis Chapman was taken out of the ninth, and he started pitching in some other innings, and it actually helped him. I'm trying to remember what year that was. I can't remember, but it actually helped him, you know, it actually helped him, like, get his confidence back because he was getting outs in earlier innings versus immediately having the pressure to win the game for your team. So maybe the Yankees need to do that again. Unfortunately, Jonathan Loisaga seemingly turning back into a pumpkin doesn't help. I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm not even going to venture a guess as to what's wrong with him. Um, but him not being as good is definitely definitely hurting the Yankees. Um, I'm still way in on Ron Marinaccio. I know he hasn't been up for a bit. He's been in the minors. I know he had like the 12 ERA or whatever it is. Let's see, 11.25 ERA. But he had a 2.33 FIP and a 3.71 XFIP as a rookie. I'm still in on him. I know it was only four innings. But he could be somebody that steps into the role. Wandy Peralta hasn't seen much action this year. Miguel Castro has been great. Lucas Litke has been great. So it's, I don't know. Like the, the Yankees have so many good relievers, but they don't have the prototypical closer. And I don't know how they're going to handle that. I think Loisga, if he was pitching well, would be the easy answer. But he's Absolutely. really struggled. Which, yeah. like you said, it's it's weird. I think he's already allowed, I think he's already allowed like the same amount of home runs as he did last year or something like mm-hmm. that. So he's really struggled. I mean, he pitched well last night, but again, it's like an inning of mop up against the Orioles. It's hard to really tell. But mm-hmm. I mean, my my thing with Chapman is like you think about Chapman's postseason moments, and it's like the Altuve home run, the Brasso home run, the Rajay Davis home run when he was with the Cubs. And like I know he had a really good postseason for the Cubs, and they overworked him, so that's kind of out of the equation. But Think of his signature Yankees postseason moments. And a lot of times it's letting up the, the home run that loses them a series. And that to me has to be a concern if you're the Yankees. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, you know, the playoffs, there's no clutch. There's no this, no, there's no that. I find it hard to believe. I think it has to have a mental impact on you when in the postseason, time and time again, you've walked off with that little smirk on your face, knowing that you once again kind of blew a big game. Yeah, I don't – it's so tough with Chapman, like you said. Um, I, the reason I didn't really answer is some news just came to Twitter. Luis Heal just threw a pitch and called for the trainer in AAA. He'll point it to his elbow and made the I'm done motion, and he's coming out of the game. So oh, no. that is looking like – obviously, I'm not a doctor by any means, but if he's pointing to his elbow and saying he's done, I think we all know where that's heading, which is a uh, big Yeah, I'm reading the comments right now. <laughs> Tommy John, Tommy John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is uh that is not a, that is a big blow for the Yankees. Luckily, they still have Clark Schmidt, who has been very good in his brief stint with the Yankees this season. 
So he does help fill that six man, the sixth spot in the rotation. What's our but man losing Dave Garcia Rizzo, to these days? Oh, actually, wow, I completely <laughs> forgot about him. He's doing, hopefully he's doing better than Marcus Stroman. Yeah. <laughs> who has not but, been very good with the Cubs. <laughs> no. But, that's yeah, that, if Heels actually hurt, that's, that's a real tough blow. And it, that it is really does. Our blow. friend Connor said in the chat, it really does, unfortunately, feel like it's, it's when, not if, with these Tommy Johns. You almost want to yep. get it out of the way. Yeah. As, as crazy as that sounds, like, I know kids now in, like, high school, will like, if they blow it, it's like, all right, do Tommy John now, get out of the way. So it's, yep. it's, it's certainly a problem. So you made me look it up because I was very interested about how uh, Tyve Garcia was doing. 9.17 ERA, 7.61 oh FIP, and a 7.31 XFIP. He is only striking out. This is all a AAA, by the way, as he's obviously has not pitched in the big leagues this year. He has a 16.5K percentage, a 15.4 walk percentage, a 2.09 whip, and a 311 opponent batting average. What happened to him, man? So that, man, I don't know. He was so good. He was so, so good. And something just happened, and he fell apart. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And the good news for the Yankees, though, is they've gotten absolute gems out of all their starting pitchers this year even last night like Tyone I thought he really grinded like it wasn't his best start but you know he's able to give him some length obviously Garrett mm. Cole's been great Severino turned in a good outing against the Orioles as well I mean one through five it's hard to argue against the Yankees pitchers being among the best in baseball this year I'm 100% with you and John uh Jameson Tyone doesn't even need to be great as of right now he's the five starter and he's not going to be pitching he's not going to be starting games in the playoffs and I don't think the Yankees expected that when they traded for him as Cole just threw a beautiful fastball. My goodness. Um, I don't think they didn't expect this when they traded for him, but he he's not going to be the starter in the playoffs. He is definitely going to go to the bullpen because Cole and Nestor are obviously going to be in the rotation. Luis Severino is 100% going to be in the rotation. And Jordan Montgomery is 100% going to be in the playoff rotation. And you don't use five starters in the playoffs. So I'm really interested to see what happens with him. But like you said, the Yankees 1-5 to has arguably been the best in baseball so far this season. Yeah, they're, they're fun. I mean, there's not a night, like, in years past where it's like, oh, man, like, this guy's pitching. Like, it, it really, you kind of feel confident every night. And like you said, Tyone's definitely the fifth guy. He's been really good this year, you know, but he's a guy, you know, who relies on soft contact. He doesn't, pit, he doesn't strike guys out. So you're kind of, you know, playing to the will of the defense. But the Yankees' defense has been really good this year, too. I think that's a sneaky, underrated part of helping the starters out is playing good defense. Like, obviously, last night, Gallo was, is not a good example of that. But overall, this defense is much improved from last year. And that, that helps your starting pitchers. I mean, when you're, when you're stealing outs and, and getting them off the mound faster in between innings, like, that's huge. Absolutely. And the other thing that nobody ever credits, especially this season, the Yankees fans, nobody's crediting – Moving from Gary Sanchez is getting the regular starts beyond the plate to a combination of Trevino and Higashioka, we don't even have data on how huge that has been for the uh, the pitching. But it can't be a coincidence that the Yankees have the lowest team ERA, the fourth, the fifth most WAR uh, starting WAR, um, and the what is this? Let's see, the third highest K percentage in baseball among their starters. It can't be a coincidence that we're seeing mostly the same starters as last year and this much improvement in the pitching. It can't be a coincidence. It ha- like It's one of the most underrated moves of the offseason is going to be moving on from Gary Sanchez and trading for Jose Trevino. 
Yeah, that's a great point, too, is how great the framing is, how great the, the pitch calling has been, things like that. Oh. I mean, we knew we saw it last year. Like Garrett Cole would only pitch to Higgy. Like, there was mm-hmm. a reason behind that. And it's really interesting, too. It feels like Trevino has become kind of the starter. I mean, they kind of split time. But, I mean, he's gotten two of the first three games uh, in this series. And he's actually catching Cole tonight. So, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, in the lineup tonight. So, that kind of shows, too, like, maybe with Cole, it's not, I need Higgy. It was just, like, I can't carry. Yeah, which you can't really blame him for. That, that's the no. thing, like, by the way, Gary Sanchez has two home runs in his last uh, two games. So, uh, everyone uh, everyone be ready <laughs> for him to, to get hot. Uh, but that's the thing with Gary. I was never defending his defense. That, that man could not frame. He couldn't block. couldn't do anything like that. So, that that's definitely been huge, too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And trust me, I get it. I defended Gary's bad for as long as I could, but it just got to the point where I was like, all right, I just don't care enough about the 20 home run, 20 sporadic home runs he's going to hit a year anymore. I just couldn't deal with it. Um, But yeah, Trevino kind of has become the starter, and it's got to be because Higashioka's bat is just non-existent. And we weren't expecting anything from him offensively. But I'm going to look it up right bro, now. Bro, he hit like seven home runs in the spring training. Dude, spring training is all that matters. And <laughs> it's clear to see that right now. But I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, he has a 33 WRC+. Plus. I None of us expected anything from Kyle Higashioka at the plate. We expected just home runs being hit, absolutely nothing else. But a 33 WRC+, plus is like just unplayable. Even yeah. like even Trevino has a sixty, and that's like on the board. And Trevino is a positive one player. And I, think, are- I honestly think that was hugely boosted when he hit that home run the other night because I think before that he was he was kind of down. In the yeah, that home run definitely helped, but it also helps to do with the fact that he does have a only an eleven K percentage, and he is walking eight percent of the time. So Trevino, he's not going to get a lot of hits, and he's definitely not going to get power. But it's not like he's a complete zero at the plate. And he's kind of put the ball play a lot, actually, judging off those numbers. Yeah, and what's crazy is he has a 205 Babbitt. So he is putting the ball in play. He's just – he's not doing anything with it when he does, which is fine as long as it's not less than two outs and a runner on first in the big spot. That's really the only time it's going to be an issue. But if anything, this just shows that Trevino might actually be able to get a little better over the course of the year with the bat. And like we said, we weren't expecting anything from the Yankees catchers at the plate. But there's been a couple of games this season where – IKF and Trevino specifically have single-handedly put the Yankees on the board and carried the Yankees to two or three wins. It's been it's happened a couple of times. Oh yeah, it has. The bottom of the lineup, I think they're not they're not heading for power, and that's that's the interesting part with this Yankees team. They're usually it's like okay, power at every position. Well, catcher, shortstop, and honestly, wherever Aaron Hicks is playing, there's no power there. But at least in the case of IKF and Trevino, and even Hicks, I mean, he walks. He's, he hasn't been hitting at all, but he walks. Yeah. Um, but in those three spots, you kind of get a different type of hitter. You know, IKF and Trevino put the ball in play. IKF gives you some speed. So it's definitely a, it's a different team. And I know Yankees fans like right now are very happy. And, and I've been I've been pleased to see that Yankees fans aren't being terribly pessimistic yet. But if the Yankees go on a little slide, like let's remember this feeling right now where Yankees fans are like this is awesome. This team is great, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, the people that question Brian Cashman and, you know, I, I think – to a certain extent, it was an interesting offseason for sure. But, like, he's kind of worked his magic again. Like, this is a really good team. Josh Donaldson's starting to heat up. IKF has been, you know, great defensively and also 
kind of brings it a little bit with the bat. Like, this is a different team than in years past. And I think at least for that, you have to give Cashman credit because that's what everyone wanted was a team that wasn't just, you know, strike out, home run, walk. And they've, they've mm-hmm. kind of added some diversity. Absolutely. I mean, what was it? 25 games into this season, the Yankees had almost the same amount of steals they did all last season. Yes. It's just it's a different team. And that's one of the reasons they're so successful. And I'm not saying we need to go out and sign every D go every version of D Gordon or D Strange Gordon, <laughs> whatever he goes by now. But complimenting Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and Josh Donaldson with batters like Rizzo and IKF and Marwin Gonzalez and the resurgence of DJ LeMayhew, it's completely changed this roster. And it's really, really made it a lot more enticing for this team this season. And I want to point out, like you said, if the Yankees go on a little slide, if the before, so obviously if they win tonight's game, the number's going to change. But before tonight's game, if the Yankees play 500 ball the rest of the way, they win 91 games. Yeah. They put themselves, this is the difference between this year and this year's in the past. Yankees always get off to a garbage start, whether it's two and five, six and 14, whatever it is. They always get off to a terrible start and they're hunting the rest of the season. They put themselves in the perfect position. We're 30 games in, and they already have a six-game six lead for first, and that might change tonight if they could hold on this lead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great, and stacking wins is huge. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, like it's just the Orioles, but like the Yankees didn't beat the Orioles last year. Like You have to stack these wins, yep. and they can't take them away. Like Once there's a win in the books, it doesn't matter who it's against, that's a win. And the Rays yep. are a team that they're going to stick around. I mean, they're 23-15. and 15. The Blue Jays, I think, are going to pick it up too. So – Stacking wins where you can before you play these tough, you know, the Rays, the Angels, the Astros coming up is so huge. It really is. And especially later in the year, if the Yankees go on a little slide or get an injury in the middle of the uh, middle of July and August, they're covered. They have a cushion. They have a little cushion. Like you said, Blue Jays are going to pick it up. The Rays will always be there. Until the Red Sox are this bad for the entire year, I'm going to expect them to get better. I don't know if they will. They just don't seem to have the pitching that people thought they would. Losing Chris Sale, Nathan Avaldi with the – what was it? Nine runs in one inning yesterday. Five home runs. Yeah. it's They just don't have the pitching outside of literally just Garrett Whitlock. So it's uh, – but until, until they are knocked out, I will always be worried about them because it's the Red Sox. Um, but, yeah, the Yankees are building themselves that cushion that they need. And it's going to pay off dividends at the end of the year. They'll be able to – hopefully they can keep this up. They'll be able to rest guys the last couple of weeks. They'll be able to get really ready for the playoffs. They'll be able to call up some young guys, give them a look. And it will be huge instead of, you know, how it was last year, the literal game 162, 0-0 game into the ninth. We are all sitting at the edge of our seats praying this breaks our way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with the extra wild card, too, I feel like teams are going to stay in it for, for even longer this year. Absolutely. Um, few minutes left uh i wanted to you know we kind of talked about it earlier but josh johnson's been been heating up lately he had a couple home runs against the white Sox. had another home run uh the first game against the orioles and he's a guy i really circled this year you know i was like josh johnson he's got a great year you know he was very unlucky last year but still hitting the ball hard and his his luck has kind of turned around recently he's hitting the ball harder he's hitting for power and I don't know. I'm I'm just excited. I I think when Josh Donaldson plays well, it just adds a whole another facet to this lineup because like today you could slot him into the cleanup hole. Um, you know when Stanton's given a day off, he just adds a kind of another layer of power to this team. And he's been playing pretty well defensively too. Like I didn't know what yeah. to expect from him at third because last year 
his arm was kind of all over the place. But it seems like this year he's he's kind of settled back in. I mean, he's not going to be the crazy, you know, top 10 play a night that he was with the the athletics and early on with the Blue Jays. But I think he's been more than serviceable uh, at, at both sides. Absolutely. So since since April 21st, Josh Donaldson is triple slashing 292, 420, 542 with a 187 WRC plus and a 15. Uh, I'm just going to round up a 16 walk percentage to a 19 K percentage. He's been he's been truly, truly incredible since then. And I'm going to pull up his defensive numbers because, you know, how I am. Um, and yeah, that's been the big thing. We all loved Gio Rochella. He was such a fun player. He always laid out. I mean, we'll never forget the play he made in the field uh, in oh, the yeah. game one sixty two last year. We literally put his body on the line for the Yankees. But it's the sport. It's sports. There's always a better player unless you are literally Babe Ruth or Mike Trout or, you know. Josh Donaldson's been phenomenal for the Yankees. And like you said, I had no idea how to what to expect from him with the defense. But so far at 180 innings this season, he's been worth six defensive runs saved which is incredibly good. And the thing I was super worried about was the shoulder. I was like, he can't, he hasn't been able to throw a ball in two years. What's going to happen? His arm's been great. (laughs) Yeah, it really has. And then the other guy that's been heating up is Glaber Torres. He's, he's a really interesting case because he is, he's walking even fewer than he ever has, but he's put up a 117 WRC plus and the year 2019 when he had 38 home runs, he put up a 125 WRC plus. So he is, he's hitting the ball. Well, and like you kind of have to readjust your expectations for Glaber Torres. But I feel like this year, I don't know if it's, if it's him moving back to second, becoming more comfortable, things like that. But I've been pleasantly surprised. I didn't really expect a ton out of Glaber Torres, especially early on. He was struggling. It's kind of like, okay, it feels like anything we can get from him is kind of, you know, a caveat, but I've been, I've been mildly surprised with how well Glaber Torres has played, especially recently. Yeah, I'm with you. Glaber, the, we all got spoiled. Every Yankee fan got spoiled with Glaber Torres, how great he was his first couple of two years. But it's the same thing with Glaber. Since it seems like April 21st was kind of the day that all the struggling Yankees turned it around. Since April 21st, Glaber Torres is triple slashing 301 and Judge just missed the home run. Not like distance wise, like he, I could see it in the swing. He was off that ball by an inch. But anyway, 301, 342, 521, triple slash, the 153 WRC plus, six walk percentage to an 11K percentage. That's all we need from Glaber. That's, that's great. A 153 WRC plus is actually incredible. Um, but like you said, the lack of walks is super interesting, but he's also cut down on the case. So it seems like the Yankees in general have kind of gotten this philosophy of, hey, guys, Maybe we should put the ball in play a little bit more. Yeah, it, it's kind of worked out well, the new kind of philosophy. A couple guys struggling. Joy Gallo, he was picking it up, and then he had back-to-back 0 for 5s, had four strikeouts last night. I, what do you make of Joey Gallo? I don't. I love the guy. Like I love his personality. He's a great defender, but it, it can be frustrating at times uh, for Joey Gallo. It really can. I don't know what to make of him anymore. Um, he... He's a good player. He's going to make some good money this offseason. I actually have a feeling he's going to sign a one-year deal this offseason to uh, like a one-year high-money high deal because next year there's no shift, and I can't think of a single player in baseball who's going to benefit more than that from the shift. I don't want it to be the Yankees giving him that deal, 
But he's still a good player. He's a very good defender. Yesterday, forgetting the first play in the first inning yesterday. But I just I don't know what to make of him anymore. And I know he said like I've always been this type of hitter. But no, you were better than this, Joey. And you, you were, were walking, much better than this. Sir. You were walking. <laughs> you were actually hitting home runs. Now you're just striking out forty percent of the time, and every once in a while running into one. And it's like, all right, like the the Yankees, we, we need a little more from you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He he's frustrating. I want to defend him. I want to like him, but the, the high strikeouts, of course. But like when you're not getting on base, it, it becomes a little bit harder to the to defend. So I, I can understand the gripes with Joey Gallo. But I mean, overall, it's hard to complain about this team. I mean, they haven't lost uh, their tenth game yet, and it's 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 almost done with the month of May. So I mean, five games up on Tampa Bay, and uh, I feel like it's deja vu, Corey, because the next week it's finishing the series with the Orioles and then playing the White Sox uh, and then playing the Orioles again. So uh, we'll kind Ugh. of hope that the, the wins continue against some teams that they've, they've seen a lot recently. I would, that would be incredible. If they can just keep winning and keep piling up these runs, the season's going to go phenomenally. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. So that, that's going to wrap up about uh, all the time we have. But next week, it'll be fun. We'll be able to break down uh, the upcoming series that will be against Tampa Bay next weekend. So that'll be huge if the Yanks can keep on uh, stacking wins. But for uh, Luke Owen, or for Corey Austin, excuse me, I'm Luke Owen, not Corey <laughs> Austin. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Of course, as always, go Yanks. Go Yanks.